So, um, one of the hot topics that's been flowing around is Melo and the Knicks. Yeah. It's, it's been a, a tricky situation. You have um, comments being put out there by someone who was close to Phil Jackson, not Phil Jackson himself. But um, the way in which Melo responded was something to the effect of, if that's how they feel, then that's the conversation that we should have. The conversation has been had, and I guess they said that Melo, he expresses loyalty, but is that enough to keep him here in New York with this group of guys, with this contract, under this era? Is that enough? I think it's pretty clear management wants to make a move. And, you know, Phil Jackson has this sort of passive-aggressive style through the media um, to get his voice out there without his voice being on there. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's pretty clear that all the criticism of Mello um, is followed up every day by the media. I mean, you, you know, when you say Mello responded to those comments and, and said he'd be open to leaving, that's kind of what he said the seventh time he was asked. <laughs> the first couple times he said, oh, you know, you know we're just going to try to play and win and I love New York and yes. there's something about the New York media where they ask you the same damn question every day and to his credit he didn't snap he really didn't snap but he just divulged a little more uh, you know after after being berated with this day after day after day <clears throat> and I think that proves that you know the the doubts are not really coming from him um, I think he was kind of caught off guard in a big way and um the whole problem is, of course, the no-trade clause and the fact that he gets to determine where he goes. Therefore, management can't strike the best deal that they can get for his level of talent, and it really narrows down who you can trade him to. Do you trade him to the Clippers, who might be willing to take a gamble because they don't have enough to win as they are right now? Um, it's hard to find another team that that fits in that way. I mean, do you trade him to Boston? That seems kind of crazy. Um, and uh, same division, yeah. Same conference, it's, and that's uh, tough. I, you know, I don't know that Cleveland can put together the Enough kind pieces. of yeah, the kind of uh, you know draft picks and young players that would would be attractive to the Knicks who would be assuming trying to go younger in that scenario. I, I you know, I was talking with some of my other friends about maybe Houston, um, which kind of sounds crazy with Mike D'Antoni there and the bad relationship they have with Carmelo. But they're also just kind of one player away they from are. really being a championship-level team. They're clearly a contender. They're clearly right in that, you know, the top of that second tier. And, um, you know, maybe they'd be willing to mortgage their future on, uh, on, on a rental of Carmelo for three years um, without giving up, you know, significant uh, on-court talent that they have right now. But you know, it's pretty doubtful. The, the way the things ended with Antoni, and they are—they've got a good thing going, bad. and they've got a great rhythm going. So yes. it's hard to disrupt that and add a big piece in the yeah. middle of the season. He would—he would have the ball in his hands a lot. How would that incorporate with Harden? It's a lot to throw when we're trying to win a championship. Yeah, I, I and get I get it. And so that leaves you with very few teams left. I mean, it, it, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I just can't think of another team. And you know, at the end of the day, Melo has to say yes to whatever deals on the table. And, you know, it might just be that Melo is saying, I think I'm going to outlast Phil Jackson here. And, you know, I'm in the power position here because I get to approve any move. And if I don't approve it, it doesn't happen. And, you know, uh, my contract's longer than Phil's. So maybe I'll just wait this thing out. I think you, just stay, I think you should stay the course. For Melo to have the type of contract that he has for the, the amount of years with a no-trade clause, I think... That management showed 
that they had some sort of belief that Melo could carry them to the promised land or at least somewhere close to it. So I think what you do is you make smarter moves to build, to build around that. Uh, a piece like Joakim Noah, I mean, he energized when you thought about what he could possibly bring in an ideal situation. But four years, $72 million, I think that was too much for a player on their last legs. I think that was the typical New York Knicks contract. Absolutely. He's a name at that point. Exactly. And the opportunity cost of allocating those dollars to that guy instead of four younger guys, you know, that you that you could have potentially have with that same money. And it's just it's just a big you know, it's just a big waste for a team that needs to be getting younger, building around Kristaps Porzingis. Um, and it's just they're they're on these two parallel tracks with uh, you know the rookies they have and Porzingis and Melo Rose and Noah on the other hand and it started to look like it was working out in a, in a weird way in the beginning of the season right and and there is a scenario where it's a good enough team that the young players learn winning habits from the veteran players but that is just not happening right now not at all and if anything it's the opposite these these young guys could have their growth stunted you know, learning losing habits in a losing organization, and that's just such a shame. I mean, when you look at players who have the same amount of money on their contract as Noah, I mean, I felt like the Knicks had plenty of the options. I think when you wanted to pair him with D Rose and say, "Okay, let's bring that Chicago Bulls culture over here," yeah. when they had Tom Thibodeau, the defensive team that they had, let's. But we didn't bring Thibodeau over. Also exactly. a free agent. Also on the got. market, and we didn't even give the guy an interview. I Not mean, so uh, there's something completely insane about that I scenario. Mean, but when you look at a guy like Thibodeau, he wanted more control. He didn't just want to be the coach. He wanted the coach and GM role, a la Doc Rivers, Stan Van Gundy. So he wanted more power. So I can understand why you don't bring in a coach like that. But Except this, for the fact that he's earned it. He has. <laughs> I mean, from a coach's standpoint, I think he brings that tough, defensive-minded scheme to the game that the Knicks need. When we look at those teams in the 90s that everyone loved at the Knicks with Ewing and with Oakley and Starks and all these players, they were very good defensively. And he was part of the coaching staff, you know. he went Under Jeff Van Gundy, he was the lead assistant. And, um, you know, it, it's just such it a missed opportunity. You know, It made too much sense for yeah. the Knicks. And, and again, it's, it's, it's Phil Jackson kind of standing in the way of saying, well, what do, uh, why aren't we doing what I want to do? I mean, all the talk about the triangle offense. I mean, if you watch the Knicks lately, there's, there's not a lot of triangle sets being run. At, the, at this all. point, we're a lot of uh, Jeff Hornacek pick and roll, you know, kind of motion, motion. offense kind of stuff. Yes. And um, for all the problems the Knicks have, offense is really not one of the problems. You know, they score at a decent clip. Uh, the whole problem is that they, they don't stop anybody from scoring, you know. But it's not like the Knicks of the past years where they go on a big drought and, and oh, my God, how are they going to score 20 points this quarter? It You know, it... It's uh, the offense is working, and, and it's because they've moved away from the Phil Jackson, you know, uh, philosophies on the offensive end. But at a management level, and in in the in the, in the operations level, there's still the passive aggressive, putting messages through the media, and um, I, I, uh, I mean now that I think about it, I feel like we we were bamboozled almost by Dolan. Because to think about it, Phil Jackson is just on par with. All the moves that the Knicks have made. You get these people who are He's a name. past their prime. Phil Jackson is They're Steve a Francis. Big name. He is. Because you think, okay, now we got Phil Jackson. We could attract these players because he's the president. 
And it, I mean, we've got Derrick Rose, who we got through trade, and Joe Kimno. We have, I guess, decent players to come here, but it's the same old thing. Exactly. It's like we've just got it. We got the same old Nick Wave, but presented to us differently. That kind of just had us over the veil over our eyes that it would get better. And we got lucky when Philly didn't pick Porzingis, and the Lakers didn't pick Porzingis. Well, Porzingis, his uh, his management said told Philly that he wouldn't play for them. Right. Well, that. Thank God for that, because if that didn't happen, we'd be really looking at a dumpster fire right now with the Knicks, as opposed to the weirdest mix of no hope and a lot of hope.